0: The bottom line is the Eagles got the win. It wasn't good in the first half. Much better in the second half, beating the Redskins 32-27 at the link to be 1-0 on the season. I got the Hall of Famer himself, Ray Dininger, here with me right now to break it down. Ray, I know you think Carson Wentz played sensationally yesterday, especially on third down, but Deshaun appears to be grabbing most of the headlines for what he did. What was the most impressive part of yesterday's win over the Redskins?
1: Uh, I would say Wentz, because there was so much. Sir, there's so many questions being asked about him, uh, coming off of last year, uh, a preseason in which he didn't play at all. Uh, how ready would he be? Would he look like the Wentz of two years ago? I mean, all the questions were all. I mean, all the conversation this whole off season and all summer was all about Wentz and where he was and could he get it back to where he was two years ago? And boy, in the second half, did he ever? Uh, I thought that. I mean, there were many things you could talk about in this game, and the return of Deshaun Jackson and his impact on the offense is certainly a big part of it. But uh, to me, it, I think this season is really going to be dis- determined by the quarterback to a large degree. And so yesterday, I thought his performance in the second half of that game was certainly the most, uh, to me at least, the most encouraging aspect of it.
0: He was 12 for 13 on third downs. All his touchdowns, the three touchdowns, came on third downs. How is he able to be so effective in that part of the game?
1: Well, I thought that was uh, I thought that was really critical because one of the things that really defined him, I thought, two years ago when he had what I think we all kind of agree was an MVP season, was that he was the number one third down quarterback in all of football and by a large margin. Uh, and then last year, I, his performance on third down really slipped. And so, on a lot of the conversation, a lot of my pregame conversation, was about how is he going to perform on third down? Can he get back to being that guy? That's just a dominant third down player and. Yesterday he did, Now I give a lot of credit to the offensive line, uh, because he needed some time to throw those deep balls to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, but I thought he looked, for a guy that didn't play at all in the preseason, once he got in, into the flow of the game, and I definitely think there was some rust in the first half, um, he was not sharp, the offense as a whole was not sharp, the defense wasn't sharp. I mean, they showed the effects of not having played in the preseason. But once they got through that, once they got into the second half, and they got possession of the opening kickoff and drove down the field. They were in full control of the game. And that's when you saw Wentz in third down just playing with great confidence, moving around in the pocket, seeing the field, and throwing the deep ball as well as I've ever seen him throw it. Yeah, I thought that that was the numbers that I broke down on the postgame show with mm-hmm. Michael. As I said, look at these third down numbers. 12 for 13. He missed the first one. His very first third down attempt, he threw over through Aguilar. Then he hit the next 12 in a row for, as you said, 193 yards three touchdowns, an average of almost 15 yards per attempt on third down. So it's a perfect 158.3 score on the key down in football. So, I mean, you can't ask a quarterback to play any better than that.
0: No, certainly not. Um, What was the turning point or moment of the game, play or or moment of the game that you think was the turning point for the Eagles that allowed them to get that rust off, get in that rhythm, and get Wentz going, especially on that third down situation?
1: Uh, I kind of... Uh, let me see. Uh, I I really thought in the second half when they got when they got the they took the opening kickoff of the second half, uh, and they just drove it down the field, uh, 12 plays, 75 yards, and uh, the, uh, the the touchdown pass that went through, not the one to Jackson, but the first one to Jeffrey, where he sort of roll, rolls out of the pocket, gets away from the pressure, uh, and throws that dart into the end zone, Uh... Right between a couple of defenders and sticks it right in Alshon Jeffrey's stomach, on the run. Um, to me, that was the play that, that that signals, okay, he's back. I mean, that was the the rainbows to to Deshaun were were great throws, and it was great to see Deshaun back playing here in Philadelphia. But the one that to me was the one that that said, yeah, this is this is the Carson Wentz we remember. Was that play it was showing his mobility, showing his calm, uh, keeping his eyes down the field, looking for the receiver, not looking to run and then throwing a ball into real tight quarters like that and making the catch. Yeah, that was the play one. Even though the Eagles were still behind at that time, 20-14, to 14, mm-hmm. I felt that, that that was the point where they, I thought they really seized control of the game.
0: You know, Ray, a couple of other, other guys who who I felt were impressive yesterday. Uh, one was Darren Sproles, who we, we weren't sure in the offseason whether or not he was going to play again. I feel like it was 50-50 on whether or not he was going to retire. Ye- yesterday, he, he was the... The leading rusher in terms of carries for the Eagles, he averaged over five yards a carry. He was very effective on punt returns as well. Brandon Brooks, eight months removed from a serious Achilles injury, is playing most of the game, and he was taken out in the end on a pitch count, so he still played a lot of the game. But what did you make of their play, Sproles and Brooks?
1: Uh, Well, Brooks, I'll I'll take Brooks first. I thought that Brooks was, was really good. I think the whole offensive line was really good. Uh, but the fact that he came back and played and played as, as, as well as he played uh, is remarkable to me. I mean, I know the whole off season he was talking about he was going to be ready for Week One, and certainly he was working really aggressively on his rehab. But I, you know, but the whole time I kept thinking, you know, I know he's making great progress, uh, but I don't think there's any way that he's going to be ready coming off an Achilles injury in January. He's going to be ready to start Week One. I just thought that that was a stretch. Well. Good for him. I mean, he managed to get back on the field and not just be back on the field, but I thought play at a very high level. So that was that was a remarkable feat in and of itself. But I thought that Sproles, I don't think anybody, certainly I didn't, expect him to have that big of a role in week one. Uh, I thought more likely than not he was probably not going to play anymore after last season. Uh, he's had two years in a row where he's been injured. He's 36 years old. That's pretty advanced age for a running back. I kind of thought he was going to walk away. When he came back, I was okay. Let's see what he can do. You know, let's see, let's see what kind of a role Doug has in mind, uh, and let's see if Sproles is ready to accept it. I really thought he was going to be mostly a punt returner this year. I certainly didn't think week one he was going to come out and, and be a leading rusher. Uh, but uh, it's great to have him back and have him look as good as he looks, because even though Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, I think, over the course of the year are going to carry most of the load at the running back position, and I think do it very effectively. It's a great it's a, it's a great option to have Sproles there to be a third down receiver to be a change up kind of guy and your lead punt returner. I think he's going to come back and for a team that has a lot of really good offensive weapons, I think have, adding Sproles there is is going to be one more piece that it's going to be very useful over the course of this season.
0: Yeah, definitely a very positive aspect of the team. You know, Ray, last week we talked about in terms of the Redskins offensively how they didn't have much talent on that side of the ball yet. Of course, they scored. Uh, Twenty first half points. You know they were up seventeen to nothing. Their rookie wide receiver was was torching the Eagles, and in fact he was still getting by him in the second half. But uh, Keenum misfired on one of those throws. Uh, How surprised were you about the play of the Eagles' defense, especially early?
1: Um, I was. I really didn't. To me, the Redskins still, even after seeing them and seeing the first half, and they put up 20 points in the first half, they put up almost 300 yards in the first half. I still look at the Redskins as a team that doesn't have, don't have many playmakers on offense. They really don't. Uh, and I think they're a team that, if I looked at them on paper, to me they're a team that has a, a pretty good, certainly respectable defense that will, keep. I think, keep them in most games. I just don't think they have enough firepower to win those games. The first half of this game was a complete opposite of that. I mean the, the offense. I mean they scored on their first three possessions. They collect on their first three third downs. Case Keenum is hitting big plays in the passing game. Uh, I, I was ver, I was very surprised. Now I think a lot of it had to do with the Eagles' defense, which just seemed they just seemed a step behind the whole first half. They just seemed sluggish. Uh, they were out of position a lot. A lot of missed tackles, just general sloppiness, which maybe is a reflection of the fact that they didn't play enough in the preseason. I mean I could you could say that across the board for the offense and the defense both. They, I mean, the, uh, what we had talked about, that, that quote-unquote rust factor, uh, for coming off the preseason, I think was right there. i This is fully in evidence in the first half of that game on both sides of the ball. Um, but I, I still look at the Redskins as a team that are kind of in transition. Uh, I think Keenum is just playing early in the season. I think they're just waiting to hand it off to the first-round draft pick, Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to be their quarterback. Probably maybe by the next time the Eagles face the Redskins, I'm guessing the Haskins will probably be the quarterback. Um, but I still think their offense is is pretty limited in terms of what they can do. If a defense plays poorly and you miss tackles, they can make anybody look good. But I look at the Redskins as a team that, see to me, is still way, way short on offensive firepower.
0: So then in, in addition to the defense needing to play more of a 60-minute game, what else do you think needs to improve for Week 2 at the Falcons?
1: Um, fast start. I, I think that that's I don't know quite how to uh, interpret what happened yesterday. I'm I'm going to lean towards the side of saying this is a team that looked like it didn't get uh, first team offense. It didn't look like it got enough work in the preseason, and once they hit their stride, boy, they hit their stride. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope that this is not a recurrence of the pattern that we saw all of last season, which was this being a very slow starting offensive team. You know, two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, they were a team that always jumped out front, that always scored on their first possession, always played from the lead. You know, they were the number two first-quarter scoring team in all of football. And last year they reverted completely the other way, and they, they were, they're they actually a slow-starting offensive team. And that's a tough way to play in the NFL, because you usually find yourself in a position where you're playing uphill. Um, yesterday, I don't know quite how to interpret it. Was it just a function of not having enough preseason work? Or was it? are we seeing a, a recurrence of the pattern of last year where this is going to be a slow-starting team? That, to me, is a little bit of a concern. I think it's something they really need to address uh, coming into this week's game because Sunday night in Atlanta is not going to be easy. I mean, the Falcons lost, lost a game and didn't play very well in Minnesota. And this, you're coming back to their place for their home opener in a primetime game. And you know the Atlanta Falcons don't want to fall 0-2. They don't want to start the season that way. So you're going to walk into a situation you're going to be playing, even in week two, a pretty desperate team and a lively, full house. And you better be ready to play, and you better be ready to play right from the first possession. So that's the one concern, is, is this team going to be able to get back to what it was two years ago in terms of being a team that's going to set the pace offensively right from the first possession.
0: Certainly something to look out for, Ray. Pleasure as always. I always appreciate the time. Look forward to our chat on Friday.
1: I look forward to it too, David. Talk to you then.
0: Thanks, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.